Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name is Richard Miller and I am joined once again by our co-host who is neither confirming nor denying that he was the man standing on top of the Calgary Tower yelling, Bobby Mortimer, Kristen O'Brien, Chris Rea, Phil Stamp, Maximo Park, Roy Chubby Brown. Can you hear me, Roy Chubby Brown? Your boys took one hell of a beating. Uh, how are you doing today, Luke? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very, very good, Rich. Um, I, yeah, that's a good reference. I do like, I always love the uh, your boys took a hell of a beating. That's a classic one, so yeah. thank you. <laughs> your boys took one hell of a beating. Ah, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, Dr. Luke Leto. Um, so you're, you're, you're in fine fettle today? I'm doing okay. I was a little bit sleep deprived yesterday, but I think I've caught up now. Um, the usual sunny beaches of Calgary, Alberta are still as sunny as ever. It's just we're uh, covered with uh, some snow right now. Oh. We're beginning to encroach into, um, what's that really, um, cold time? Oh, it's, it's autumn. That's what it's called. Here. <laughs> it's autumn right through till uh, June again. Almost. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I guess if I moved to somewhere like Saskatoon or something, Saskatchewan, that'd, uh, that'd be my life. But it's it's not quite that bad. It's going to get warm to the end of next week. Well, that's good. So it's, it's going to, hopefully, the snow is going to disappear again. It's just, I don't like the period. Well... I think everyone hates it, right? You know, the, the period where the first kind of, you know, you go from summer to to autumn or fall yes. they around these parts. And it gets a bit nippy and you're like, oh, it's so cold. Mm, yes. That first uh, that first hit is always a bit uh, bit disconcerting. Bit of a bit of a stinker. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, because obviously Calgary benefits from a, a microclimate all its own, doesn't it? Uh, it certainly does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, moving moving swiftly along with things, mm-hmm. uh, we have... Breaking hoo-hoos. A modicum of, of breaking, breaking hoo-hoos or breaking news. Um, namely, the... Uh, the midweek match against Everton. Yeah, so um, Gary Monk seemingly grasped upon our and probably many Wednesday's fans uh, <laughs> ire of, oh God, do we have to play a, another cup game <laughs> midweek? And uh, put out a second string that looked, looked like it, that really grasped at um, the animosity towards the, the second cup competition in, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in England. It was we kind of flagged it up last week, didn't we? But uh, a lot of changes. Uh, was it eight changes in the end? Something like that, yeah. So, and as usually happens as a result of that, a pretty disjointed performance. Um, we were two nil down within within ten minutes. <laughs> Indeed. And then, you know, also, I, I guess for the narrative, from what I understand from that game, you know, I was, um, I didn't get to see it. And uh, I don't think you did either, Rich. You, you stayed no. at home. Sorry. In the first two minutes, uh, Winnell had a chance, which he spurned, a one-on-one. And, um, and then it all went downhill from there. Yeah. It was a strong Everton team. I, I, as soon as you saw yeah, it. Yeah, the... Like, um, I, I don't know. It felt to me when I was looking at it, that felt like a first team. That felt like a, an Everton starting eleven. I couldn't see many changes. No, I think because yeah, because obviously Pickford is their first choice goalie. Uh, Mina. I don't know whether Sadibi plays that often, but um, but the rest of that back four are our first choice. Um, Delph and Davis. Both first team players, same with Awobi, which yeah. So yeah, basically they're all they're all probably their first team or very close. You know, they're the they're one of the two or three guys that comes on every game, even if they don't start every game. So yeah, it was it was a, it was very much a first team from Everton and very much um, a B team from Wednesday. Uh, were you surprised at the likes of Iolfa and Odebajo? Uh, and uh, I suppose Reach as well playing that game in addition to their uh, being part of the starting lineup at the at the weekend. 
A little bit, because I mean, I, but I guess when you're getting into it, we don't quite have. I don't feel like we quite have a perfect first team eleven, and then we can't really cobble a perfect B team. Yeah, you know, from the backup options from squad, we still got a pretty sizable squad, and we should be able to. But I think if you kind of sat down, everyone was thinking, well, what are we going to do with? <clears throat> what are we going to do with right back? What are we going to do with centre back? Especially yeah. with uh, Bates was. Uh, yeah, Bates didn't uh, pulled up in the, in the week or, or pulled up. Felt something with his thigh, was it, or something like that? Or his hip, hip flexor. That's what they said, hip flexor. Right, so that's why we had to kind of introduce. And Nyorf is a young guy and you know an absolute machine. So I imagine he'd be able to play. I'm a little bit, yeah, I was a little bit surprised at Adabaju playing another game so quickly. I suppose we don't have that's we 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 don't have that many options at fullback actually, do we? Like obviously well, Fox. I guess Fox. I guess you've got this kind of you know dipping your toe into the bath water of of <laughs> what's. <laughs> that's a really bad analogy. I was going to say, like, what's... Uh, no, no, that's what people say. You want to go with, you know, playing B teams yeah. and playing players who haven't played. Because, I mean, outside of that, who else would you say? Like, right back, what do you go, like, Ash Baker at that point? He seems to be a long way off at this time, doesn't he? He does, but, I mean, there comes a point of saying we want to get... Or maybe, I guess, let, let's reframe it a different way. I think Monk would probably... I think Monk did come out and say... Um, you know, we're trying to get minutes for players. Minutes for players who yeah. want to need everybody at some point. So really, you kind of take it as like maybe a glorified reserve side in a sense. You know, it basically was that, wasn't it? I it I just was. think we don't have fullback is one of those positions where it's a bit of a fudge because at right back the options are well, Adebayo that's his main position, but Iorfa can also play there, and so can Palmer. And then at left back, you've got Fox. And Palmer can play there, and maybe Thornley. Mm. Um, so it's just kind of like it's one of those things that you know when people sort of line up, they're like, "Oh, we've got two options in every position." Like, yeah, but that's a, some of those options are playing in three positions, so that we don't have two options in every position. If that's yeah, uh, so it was, a, it was a bit of that I think with the back four is just actually once you lose uh, um, Tom Lee's and you lose Bates, we're actually a bit don't have that many players that can that can play centre back. Mm. Um, and also, would you really have... I mean, I'm looking at the formation here. It, it kind of aligns as a 4-4-2. Um, the centre-mid pairing of Pelopesi. Sure, give Joey some minutes. Uh, Massimo Luongo finally getting a starting berth. So something I think he's probably been, um, he's been itching for. Chomping at the bit. Chomping at the bit, yeah. And um, I'm wondering if you would have... We can all play, you know, the game of let's, let's read our history. Um, but would you could have really have gone for a four? Because I mean, Kieran Lee didn't play yesterday. Yeah, would have maybe an opportunity for Kieran Lee to play again because I think this, he still needs to keep playing despite the fact that. But the, he looked knackered on sat on the Saturday before, didn't he? I guess so. I guess so. Just now we're looking at the no, fact. Th- yeah, the fact he didn't yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. It's just what it is. What it is, isn't it? It's um, mm. <laughs> it's sort of predictable but we kind it kind of went exactly how we thought it would um whilst our first team might have a chance against a team like Everton certainly a team that were were in pretty poor form uh, before they came to play us as well mm. um that B team just has no chance there's no there's just no no likelihood of it <laughs> us coming out on top in that in that game so um so there you go we're we're out of the uh the EFL the Caribou got a bowl cup uh for another year <laughs> I, we were I, I was talking through all lots all the different sponsors it's had through the years i think it's probably quite telling it's probably like um you know how you can age um a tree by the by the ring on the inside yeah. i think you can probably age a person by what they call the league cup um i think to me it's i, I, th- I think most commonly i would call it the carlin cup that would be my... Would I or would I call it the Coca-Cola Cup? Coca-Cola Cup. But then an older person, maybe Rumbelow's or the Milk Cup. Yeah. It was a milk, milk Cup for oh, a long time. Oh, fucking God. Yeah. I think it was the Milk was, Cup when we, when we won it in 91. Was it the Milk Cup? That was the Rumbelow's Cup. Rumbelow's at that time. Okay, yeah. Rumbelow's, who I think were a defunct... Um, yep, electronic and elect, electrical yeah. electronics in the UK. Yeah, a forebearer to uh, to Curry's or Dixon. They once rivaled Curry's, Dixon's, and Comets. Not my words, the words of Wikipedia. Oh, well, there's no finer source on these matters. And probably a greater analogy for ourselves as well, that once we went toe-to-toe with the Curry's, 
comics and some comets of the Premier <laughs> Yes. And we're still kind of in business, but uh, a shadow of our former selves. Yeah. Is Rumble still in business? No, they're done. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's saying that's The analogy the ends at that point then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they might be limping on online, you know, like Xavi or, or Xavi or whatever it was called. Yes. But, um, yeah, Virgin Megastores became Xavi. Um, so, so, I mean, looking at the, the stats for the game, we had nine shots to their eight, but it didn't ever feel like we were going to work our way back into it, did it? Um, no, but I think um, maybe the sign that was the best thing to come from this is that we showed enough grit and you know, determination and attitude to try and look like we could get back into it. Because I I think maybe that's a very small difference between, you know, this Wednesday performance and previous Wednesday performances. But I think we've all been there and we've all seen games where, you know, you know it's done and and there's nothing, there's no faith of anything coming back, right? And when a team goes two goals down so early on, that's quite a thing to try and draw it back, um, as we saw a bit yesterday. Um, just as we sort of started on this trend of doing a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B at the uh, the top of the show here. So just in terms of looking ahead, uh, the week ahead, we've got Hull on Tuesday night away from home. Um, and and then we've got Wigan at, Ho- at Hillsborough on, uh, on Saturday. Um, do you have any thoughts sort of leading up to those two games? Uh, at the moment, both of them are... I think Hull are probably sort of bottom of mid-table and Wigan are, they're not in the relegation zone, but they're, they're definitely in the same neighbourhood as the, as the relegation zone. They're doing a negative push for the bottom three. Yes, they've probably got the same um, area code in their phone number as the relegation zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Hull are just, uh, just a strange kind of beast. Uh, I think they did pretty well last season. Correctly. Yeah, they've been surprisingly all right since they came down, haven't they? I think, but they they do seem to be on a. If you're tracking long term their uh, their trajectory as a team, it seems to be um, a bit of a downward curve. Um, they in their last three games, they've drawn two and won one. Um, so. I think, again, probably both games we, we should be looking to win. I would think a minimum of four points. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe I could see eking a draw or maybe a solid draw away at Hull. I, I don't know if we're quite going to win away at Hull. I felt a it's lot not- more confident about yesterday's game. Um, but definitely four points. You know, if we, you know, by the end of, you know, this time next week, if we haven't got at least four points, it'd be pretty, pretty damn poor. Yeah. I think that it's the similar to our um, our start to the season overall is like actually points wise we've done all right we you know we're we're in a decent spot but it's the teams that you've played in that period whether we should have done a bit better so I think in terms I'm not expecting us to win both um, because it's always a big ask uh, to 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 win two games in a week I th- I think um, but just in terms of how we set out to play they're both games that we should be looking at potentially going and and trying you know. We should be going and trying to win at both those places. Um, so uh, yesterday, uh, I some people may know this, but um, uh, a lot of IT uh, IPTV services have uh, have fallen in the in, in the last couple of weeks. Um, we won't get into all the legality of it, but essentially, it meant I was I was listening to the game, uh, but unable to to watch, uh, which means you had a much better eye on things. Uh, but overall, feeling that was rather a rather a special day yesterday. Definitely was. Um, we don't get many like those, so it's something to really just enjoy as it happens. Um, I really hope this is a bearing on future Wednesday performances, and maybe hopefully a bit of a turning point, but. I'm going to just kind of hold off and try to keep my powder dry on that one. Mm. Um, but definitely, you know, you have to um, really enjoy those games when they happen. And yesterday was, uh, was a lot of fun. Absolutely. <clears throat> it was wild. The first, whatever, 20, yeah, first 25 minutes was just insane. <laughs> I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I, I felt bad. So I was texting texting you rich and saying i can't believe yeah. you don't, you know you don't get to see this because it's, it's just uh, it's just it's it was just insane just how much fun that game was and still like a bit of um you know really until probably maybe the third goal was scored it still looked a little bit like maybe millsbrook could come back into it a little bit as well 
Well, I think that's the that's kind of the cherry. I mean, obviously, it's great to score four goals away from home and and great to have the win. But I think that's the for me that's the kind of cherry on top is there was that moment uh, once they'd scored to make it two one. That's when oh, do you know what? Actually, this game could could easily those two goals could easily have just been wiped away and we'd feel pretty down in the dumps getting back to 2-2 having led by two goals but we didn't we 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 managed to keep pressing and we managed we got the next goal which meant uh which made it a comfortable afternoon rather than being one that we were potentially um you know potentially could have got away from us a little bit so i think that was that was really heartening <laughs> to to have that, mm. that moment as well Should we just um, um, talk about because yeah. i love talking about lineups as we know Yes. Um, what did you think about the lineup, Rich? Because this is a bit of an interesting one. Well, I, I think the um, the three games we'd had previously under Monk, we've played a slightly different formation every game, and uh, he kept that ball rolling with a, with another new formation. Um, we we've talked previously how excited you know how much we like Atty Nuiu, and I was I was pleased to see him get a start. Um, th- three games in a week for him as well, so uh, he's obviously not got worries about his fitness either. Uh, so my, yeah, my initial thought was it was bold to go with two, and uh, and especially away from home. But I, I was quite quite excited by the by the lineup. How yeah, was- I was wondering, especially with away performances, whether we would go to that kind of four three three. Yeah, or maybe four four one one, or however you want to kind of really chop it up. Um, I, I guess I was a little bit disappointed that Luongo didn't start. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe go the 4 3 3 with Fletcher, Reach, and Harris, and that kind of front trident. And then the middle three being um, Luongo, Bannon, and I don't know who would take. Uh, that's the interesting question. And I think that's like a debate to be had regarding, um, you know, action mass is. Do we really see him? I think he could do either role of Kieran Lee effectively or Hutchinson. Well, because of the fact that Sam Hutchinson got injured, that meant he had basically an hour playing for the for the first team. So what what did you think of his that's the longest he's played for the for with those with the players that we would consider to be our pretty much our first choice eleven. So uh, yeah, what what were your what were your impressions of Luongo when he came on? Yeah, because obviously he didn't he didn't bother the score sheet and I suppose to an extent the game was over in a way because we we scored all of our goals. But, um, so I mean, you know, and that's the thing is when I kind of came to my you know looking at Massimo in terms of ratings, we'll get onto at the at the end of the show. Um, you know, I'd love to have seen him start, but I mean, effectively, it's almost like he really did start in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, he played he played most of the game. Most of the game, but then the game was kind of over, so yes. we didn't really get to see any great impression. But still, I I loved his. Um, it's it's just great to see him out there and to just see like the legs and pace. He looks bright at just every occasion. That's good. That's really and good. He just has like he looks, you know, he just looks like has so much industry. You can really see why when you know you kind of talk about the aging the aging nature of the squad, the average age. How as much as we love some of these players in the midfield options, they're the wrong side of thirty. A lot of them. Yeah. And yeah. getting someone who's even just you know just twenty eight, just a few years younger, and just has a bit more athleticism, it just makes you know real marked difference. It's a yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. I'm really pleased to hear that, and uh, I'm I'm glad it sounds like he sort of grabbed his. Uh, his opportunity it's just you just never quite know with when you're listening to it on the commentary you don't actually hear the bulk of the play you hear the big moments really and and most of the rest of the game kind of just just whizzes by so for instance knew you obviously had a hand in one of the goals and i've read that he had a really good performance and actually i think towards the end of the game on the commentary they were saying oh you know he's really done his bit he's you know he's been everywhere and stuff like that but you don't get that on the commentary because if he's not actively involved in those big moments then you just don't hear his name and i think that was the case a little bit with luongo we heard the odd bits and pieces um but by and large it, it wasn't a name you were constantly uh no right. i guess you've got the interesting nature of when you listen to commentary obviously it's it's, it's tailored by whoever's watching so you're getting you're re- you're doing a reading from their reading it's that kind yeah. of signal to noise and also, I guess for you, I was just thinking you've got like a litany of like, it's almost like a shipping forecast of names. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the lineup, uh, just to run people through, uh, obviously Westwood uh, back in goal, 
um, and seemed to have a pretty good game on the whole after his um, his issue in the previous match. Um, and then right back was was Adebayo again. Uh, two centre backs were Iorfer and Burner. Burner, yeah. Yeah, he's he he's he had an interview this week where he explained how to say his name and sort of just said he wasn't bothered. Call me whatever you like, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my friends call me Spad. Um, um, uh, Liam Palmer left back, and then how did how did it work? It Reach looked like back? a pretty flat four four two. I'm going to be honest, okay. or not flat so much, but just just that's the kind of uh, the general feel of it. So. I don't know. I kind of felt like I saw Reach on the right a lot more. Okay. Which was kind of surprising, and Harris on the left, which I think is the other way around. You'd think you'd want it to go, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so four four two. So we've got Bannon and and Hutchinson in the middle. Uh, which probably, if you counted up all the uh, all the games in the last three or four seasons, that's probably the the partnership we've had most often in the middle, I would think. Um, and then Atinuiu and Stephen Fletcher up top. Yeah, which is a, a really kind of unconventional pairing of strikers. But this was, really, this was about getting height up top and getting quality into the players, wasn't it? Uh, so the first goal was an own goal. A good ball in by Bannon. Well, was it a good ball? It should have been cleared by the guy. Well, let me um, well let me just regale you my reading of this, Rich. Um, so it's one great corner from Bannon to start a beautiful day. The sweetest <laughs> thing came from Adam Clayton with his elevation to head it into his own net with his beautiful. mysterious ways. Oh. He will make Jonathan Woodgate start to ask himself, has he still hasn't found what I've been looking for in defending set pieces? And Clayton will regret that one when he wakes up on Sunday, bloody Sunday. It's the sort of performance defensively that would have Woodgate wondering whether he should get on his boot. <laughs> Very much so. I love how I went with some really kind of common, um, you know, really big U2 songs and you bring on uh, Get On Your Boots, which uh, <laughs> is largely lambasted by a U2 fan, for what I believe. <laughs> I wondered about littering in discotheque, but uh, oh, yes. um, if I get too deep with the references, people won't know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, Adam Clay, £2,000. Um, <laughs> I think we... we... <laughs> It was interesting in that little moment. So obviously Clayton um, flicked it into the the back stick, which was lovely. Um, but it, it kind of showed Fletcher's um, slight lack of striking instincts because if he just stuck his, he was celebrating as it went in. But he could have stuck his knot on it and got a goal. You know, he could have he could have pinched it if he was if he was if he was really I, built as I, a true Fletcher, I'd rather he wouldn't have done that right now. I feel like you probably made. Just, just kind of spooned it onto the bar or something. Not because he's. I, I just, yeah. I'm glad he didn't do that. But uh, <laughs> the point like <laughs> Oh, but yeah. But it's the sort of thing that a striker is just like, yes, get it. A bit like um, the goal that Jeff has scored against for England in his one Svenjo and Eriksson uh, appearance. Uh, it was literally going over the line anyway. It's like, yeah, bang it in. That's me. Got a goal. Celebrate it. Um, so that was the that was the first an own own goal from you uh, two, a part time you two member, part time footballer Adam Clayton, Adam Clayton. and uh, and that was fairly quickly followed by uh, number two. It was literally it was a minute later. Uh, so Bannon again delivering. I guess the amazing yeah the amazing and beautiful thing was you know we scored. And then instantly from the kickoff, you know, they did a very kind of half-hearted, slightly dejected, just, okay, let's rebuild. And then that moment that we were just on them pressurizing, it was just magical. I mean, you can just watch, I think if you watch the extended highlights, it just goes from that straight into that passage of play. You know how extended highlights always have this program narrative of like, well, here's the kickoff. And it's like a minute of people booting the ball around. Yes, yes. You know, but just to give you like the whole thing is going to be, you know, going to be got through. Um, Yeah. And we just absolutely closed down. Fletcher was fouled. And then, yeah, it it was um, Harris, Harris and Bannon over its um, little kind of traips over from Harris, little dummy. Bannon just swung an absolute perfect cross. 
And uh, Iortha just attacked that absolutely brilliantly. Pushed it home, didn't he? Yeah, that's... the ground, and the keeper just had absolutely no chance. He's such a great asset to have in the in the opposite box. He's uh, he just he's desperate to get on the end of things, which is it's a great thing to have because that's we've been basically since Megson, we've really not had goals from our defenders. Mm. Um, I think we have spoken about this previously, but it, it's one of the things that Tom Lee seems to be very good at getting on the end of things, but he's not very good at finishing things off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I offers a he's a target because he's so big, uh, he jumps so well, and he he wants it, which is the which is the all important factor. Um, he's desperate to get on the end of things, which uh, which really helps. Um, it's brilliant to see him score, having you know he missed one. He probably should have scored midweek against Everton. Right. You know, yeah. one he hit like an absolute bullet with his head, um, but just spurned it wide on Tuesday. So to see him attack something and so diligently, just it just made it look so easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that goal was effort. It always looks stupid. Those that defending thing of of holding your line on the edge of the box when you get a ball as good as the one Barry Bannon put in always makes that way of defending look completely dumb because there's three people that could head that ball home and yes. no defenders who could do anything about it other than maybe score an own goal it's weird that it's so prevalent i know there's a lot of um, the kind of money ballification of, of football i'm sure somebody's done the, the statistics and it's the best thing to possibly do but when it doesn't work it looks moronic <laughs> it really about the defenders running with running with the players and marking yeah yeah, because I know that's a thing with like so my my eldest brother managed coaches uh, my nephews, you know, my nephew's uh, 12, 12 year old, um, you know, football team. And okay. he often employs, you know, the England love train kind of corner. OK, yeah. You know, it's just like a, it's just an attacking line of just people running into it. But, you know, the, the thing alongside that with the defensive elements is the players running with that, they also have a chance of turning it into their own net as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, it is interesting. It's, it takes the right cross, because obviously it's one of those crosses that probably would have would have snuck in at the far post if nobody had touched it. So it makes life hard for the keeper because he's always got to cover that, um, which yeah. effectively means, yeah, if you get anything half decent and it doesn't go straight at the goalie, you've, you've scored because he's got... He's overloaded with information. Which was probably why the Borough keeper did kind of flop like a pancake onto his right. It, it really looked like he was kind of um, shot in the air. Darren Randolph continuing to put in the sort of performances uh, that make you wonder how on earth he gets picked ahead of Westwood for, for all these exactly. international games. Which maybe kind of uh, corroborates some kind of rumours that uh, Westwood's not a man who's like... Uh, by the um, by, FA Island. Yeah, he has. I suppose he's pulled out an awful lot, but I don't know whether that's a sort of chicken or the egg kind of uh, situation. Like he's not likely to play, so why go away from home and have the upheaval when there's no chance of getting on the pitch? Just go and sit on a bench somewhere in like Serbia. It's no fun, really, is it? <laughs> no. Um, so following our our um, our second goal, uh, things calm down for ten minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah i guess it was it was that it, it felt quicker but then it's just insane that six minutes you know we're two nil up and you're probably thinking this one's done um it was an interesting moment actually about the 18th minute because uh the corner which they got i staggered uh that millsborough didn't get a penalty bannon bannon felled one of their players in the box uh, i think watching that back it's a really good tackle actually it, it's close they questioning it on the on the commentary they were questioning the the tackle but i think he he got in took the ball and then his kind of his bomb knocked the ball out of play it looks like a tackle he got like kind of all the way around the ball and then as the ball then ran out of play the the middlesbrough player fell over so mm-hmm. i don't i think bannon could won the ball before there was any contact with the player that's my reading of it mm. so bannon gets his left foot round it hooks it into the Middlesbrough player 
and then the Middlesbrough player kind of stumbles over the ball and flicks it out of play at the same time. It possibly couldn't could have been a goal kick, <laughs> which would have added insult to injury of not getting the, the penalty. Um, the penalty we didn't deal we didn't defend that particularly well. I don't think not the penalty. Sorry, the, the, corner. Uh, the, the corner, the set piece. We didn't defend that particularly well. Borna looks like he or Berner looks like he completely lost his man, uh, who would be Ryan Shotton. Uh, and ended up shot and ended up heading it, the ball into Berner's nice nice wide German back um, and and it drops on the penalty spot and uh, absolutely thumped home by by uh, their number seventeen McNair absolutely smashed it home no uh, no question of whether Westwood could have could or couldn't have saved that to be honest no it was a brilliant finish so I, I couldn't really. Kind of complain about that one. No, um, and as I say, this is this potentially is a bit of a pivotal moment in the game. If they sort of pushed on and grabbed another, then we would have been pretty deflated. They would have been pretty elated. Um, other words that rhyme. Um, <laughs> that that could have that could have been one of those bits where you know things could have swung a different way. But thankfully, we went right back to it, um, and we were we were the next to score, and and it wasn't too long of a wait for that for that next goal either. Um, just just four minutes between the two. That's insane. Yeah. And um, what a quality goal as well. Oh, it was really uh, good. You know, just I, I, we'll get on to just how the players perform, but just it was such great, amazing link up, you know, and then the forward and the final third of the pitch. And um, knew you with a little slip to uh, reach and reach just with some amazing footing to just jink it wide of a defender and then rifle it into the corner. It's gorgeous that his little trick. It's just fantastic. He goes, just he goes really out, then he goes out, then in, then back out again, and then just curls it perfectly into the bottom corner. Mm. Um, no, really good. And I think that that um, winning the ball up the high high up the pitch seems to have been a bit bit of a theme for the day. And I think we'd all quite like us to do a bit more of that. So it was nice to one see that happening and two see us getting the rewards for it um and reach made the tackle to to sort of make the whole move happen i know you know some people say he doesn't tackle so um it's funny enough he keeps getting caught in these highlights doing it but there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah 3-1 that's the that was the threat kind of nipped in the bud 3-1 i made a note which said this is just insane it almost makes me pine for the sheer lack of chances of wednesday of old <laughs> Just because you couldn't keep up with it. I couldn't keep up, man. I don't know. It's just, it's been a stressful week, you know. <laughs> One of the local journos on uh, on Twitter said um, <laughs> said something like, I'm trying to do a live blog. Can you not can you not wait a bit, a bit between the goals? <laughs> <laughs> Having to describe each incident. Um, and then that was the 23-minute mark. It was. All of the game and the third for Sheffield Wednesday was scored that day. So basically all of that happened in half of a half. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much crazy. Yeah. crazy stuff um but we weren't done then we, we kept kept plugging away no we kept at it and then um mr the player formerly known as greasy barb adam reach um turned goal scorer to provider and put in one of the sweetest crosses oh, you will probably see gorgeous this Sheffield Wednesday. Great, great cross. And then Fletcher's header, just perfect. I mean, it was that was the only place he could put it, really. Um, yeah, and it was just is absolutely textbook. This is what you want from a striker to do. Here's how you had the ball. You had the ball down. And um, that was the seventh goal that Wednesday have scored through headers, which I think is at least up until yesterday, um, Sheffield Wednesday have scored seven headed goals, which is the most basically in Europe. We must, but we must have maintained that because we got another, we got another two, didn't we? So presumably we must be still. Oh, that uh, includes, I believe that includes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I got a bit skeptical today because I saw that uh, Brentford had beat Barnsley and uh, Ollie Watkins got a hat trick of headers. Oh, Brentford. okay. Hasn't happened. Um, I don't know. When, I'm curious to when that's last happened, but I remember that happened for Wednesday with Neil Mellor. Neil Mellor getting a hat trick of headers. Oh once. yes. That was just, that, he had a very fine uh, fine time with us, didn't he? Uh, Neil Mellor. We were, we did ex- exceptionally well with Mellor, considering. Yeah. Well, I just used to think he was that guy that scored. He sc- basically lived his whole life off that one goal against Arsenal. Mm. <laughs> Mellor. That's similar to you know sort of saying like a, a, a Man United academy um, upbringing is is 
is sort of a meal ticket for life. That was kind of it for Mellor as well. You know, that go- that goal he scored for Liverpool, that kind of Hail Mary volley against Arsenal. Just Do you um do you think Federico Makeda had a fair few years thanks to his goal against Villa? Probably. Probably. Do you remember that with uh, the cameraman going onto the pitch going going bananas at yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah. And then, so second half, the main highlights really were um, Asambalonga showing everyone how not to finish. Would you agree? Was that, that was the main sort of feature of the second half. Yes, it pretty much was. It was pretty much just the question of, um, you know, could they have got back into it? Which the question, the answer is, uh, well, certainly not with Asambalonga up front. He's a man who has moved for a lot of money during his uh, his relatively short career. And I what? don't think um, I've ever seen any signs of why that would be the case. It's um, It's been a long time since he showed the kind of promise which he was... Um, I think previously he's been known as someone who had a little bit of everything but was very clinical in front of goal. And he just he showed absolutely none of that yesterday. Well, there was a really well-made chance uh, where his sort of strike partner nodded it down for him. And essentially all he had to do was poke it towards the goal. And uh, he managed to sort of spin it wide and backwards. <laughs> it almost it almost didn't go out of play. It was moving so slowly, his volley. Mm. Um, and then he had another chance where, which to be fair, he, he read very well uh, with the ball coming back into the box. And I offer bizarrely letting it run past him um but he smashed that into the side netting as well yeah not a great day for um for brit not a good day at uh, the office for the millsborough striker he got 14 14 in the championship last year 15 in the championship the year before so uh, it's not too bad they're, they're fairly decent numbers but you um you kind of thought that it's like it looks like it's just not going to happen for him this season unless something large kind of changes for him. It doesn't look the player to do that. He looks so out of confidence. He had a bad injury, didn't he? But that was before he moved to Borough. Yeah, he managed to do come back from that and still show relatively. Yeah. I think he got about 15 goals before the um the season before Borough signed him. Yeah, strange one. Signed, uh, signed by Gary Monk, by the way, during his brief tenure at, at Borough. It was interesting because looking through that Borough lineup, I mean, there were quite a few players that were signed by Monk. Mm. Um, Fletcher is not one of those. I thought one of their real threats for Middlesbrough was um, Marvin Johnson. Okay, he he cropped up quite often in the commentary. Yes, yeah. He looked very bright down, which I, I guess was the interesting thing from Middlesbrough was that. So the stats kind of come out recently. Um, I think Al's about stat with the people that put this out or the, the fine people of that podcast. And um, they were talking about the fact that, was it like 10 of the goals Wednesday conceded have come from down Wednesday's right? Yes. But it was interesting that actually Palmer was the one on the, on the left who was up against it. Mm. Um, and then also for our attacking, all of our attacking pretty much came down the right. Yeah, Reach was... Uh... Which was involved in everything, it looks like. And especially, like, even our sort of continued threat in the second half. Um, again, a couple of good good crosses from, from Reach uh, could have been could have potentially made things happen. Uh, quiet game for Harris? Well, that's the interesting thing, is going on to... I can talk about this in the ratings, which I was, I was kind of addressing it there. But, yeah, like, because so much went down the right, very little went down the left. So I don't know how much that was quiet for a lack of performance from Harris or just how much we were looking, you know, maybe we decided to focus our attacking down the rights or whether we, you know, whether we tried to do something different in that regards. I'm not sure. Yeah. You, you wonder whether it's a natural thing. We've talked before about how t- if teams double and triple up on Harris, then that's going to make a lot of room for whoever's on the opposite wing. So you wonder whether it's a natural reaction to the fact that they're trying to shut down Harris. So there's just more room for, for reach or whether it's again something we'd noticed um i i did notice that their right back got mentioned a lot dyke steel the <laughs> the lesbian iron monker <laughs> their right back i'm sorry yeah they're right back he got mentioned a lot of the time um i think that was just the mentality i think there was a lot of doubling up on the wings which is to um I, I mean, Odebarjo for us, I, he felt like, I don't know if you heard from the commentary, he spent a lot of time down that right wing. Yeah. So kind of 
setting up with yeah. flight of sort of reach. So I'm wondering if it was just very much both teams just doing the same thing, just in different areas, just in on the opposite flank, basically. Our attacking's on our right, their attacking's on their right. It looks, yeah, it does look that way. Um, so it was, it's interesting. I saw somebody, I wish I had taken note of who who, who it was that said it because um, they do deserve some credit for their um, their spot. But somebody sort of saw our our lineup as four four two, and they sort of said uh, basically all of Borough's play goes down the the flanks. So what Monk has done is made sure that we are <clears throat> um, we're, we're covered down the flanks. We've got height in behind so that they'll um, they'll really struggle with the, the height. And the, there won't be a midfield battle. So the fact that we've only got a two, and actually partic- in particular a two where one of them is not a great defender, won't actually matter today. Um, and that seems to have been a pretty good read on things. So they really, really struggled with our height. And Monk talked about that afterwards. You know, that's a, that's a weakness that we spotted. And I think we've spoken about the game plan thing. You know, the kind of catenaccio of um, Mourinho is <clears throat> you look at the other team's strengths and you negate their strengths. But a much more positive way to look at the game is where are their weaknesses and where do our where do our strengths line up with their weaknesses and that's what we want to emphasize and that's what it felt like we did today we saw that they don't cope with with height particularly well so the way we played focused on the fact well we've got two we've got Fletcher who even though he's not that big attacks the ball like an absolute animal and Atty Nuyu who's just a giant monster so put those two up there play everything through Bannon and and Reach who can both play brilliant crosses into the box and uh just seem to have worked a treat Harris for all his skills and all that he brings us he's not as good of a crosser of the ball as 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 Reach is and he never will be Mm. He doesn't have the, the same level of, of sort of technical quality. He's got wonderful other gifts that he brings. Um, but I mean, Harris is still a pretty damn good crosser, a pretty good crosser of the ball, I should say. He he is. I think he's a good sort of generalist crosser of the ball. I think Reach is more like a specialist, if that, if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> like Harris will never play a ball or will very rarely. I mean, you know, if he sort of sat on the training field and did it again and again and again, I'm sure he would be able to do some of them. But the way that that ball kind of curved into to Fletcher for that goal um, and similarly, the one that Bannon played for Iortha for the for the second goal, that's just not the sort of ball that Harris is going to hit. What he seems to do is sort of do kind of sand wedge chips into the box so that it gets a good <laughs> it gets a good height um, and it's good for players to attack. I mean, Fletcher clearly is thriving on the service into the box. Uh, but uh, well, yeah, it just seems like last week we had a good game plan that unfortunately, for, through not taking our chances and, and giving up giving up our uh, giving up a, a poor chance to them, we didn't manage to take advantage of it today. Th- th- yesterday, it felt like we had the great game plan and we we absolutely sort of reaped the rewards of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do so. Do you have any more thoughts, or do you want to move on to player ratings? I, I think Gary Munker must be short for Gary Munkenstein because this was <laughs> Gary Munkenstein's monster. And um, he really took some brilliant pieces uh, from former football cadavers. And um, <laughs> who is this vicious, attacking, clinical monster that is just punishing teams? Um, it's a real joy to behold and to see. <laughs> um, a few kind of stray thoughts. I just want to kind of get in before we get to play. Uh, Sambalonga, Longer, um, Borough's new Jordan Rhodes. Discuss. <laughs> And um, what is my final, my final little kind of little piece I just want to put in there is actually regarding Jonathan Woodgate, who I didn't actually recognize as Jonathan Woodgate because he's, he's without his locks and he has a very short haircut. And I said, Woodgate looks like some identical Spanish Watford manager without his locks. Uh, Marco Silva replacementos, perhaps? Well, remember he played for Real Madrid for like six months. He's basically Spanish. I guess he is, yeah. Yeah. Jonathanos. I guess a typical, a typical um, Spanish thing is to date from Big Brother as well. <laughs> oh, they're all at it, those Spaniards. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I think that's just my general reading of the game. It was just a fantastic day. And wow, 
yeah, more please. I really hope to see more like this, but I, I feel like it's probably going to be a one-off. Um, it's just so refreshing to have a game like this and to just have a win, just such an emphatic, clinical, brutal win that we had. Yeah, it was it was tremendous, really great. Um, as I say, it's it's also that it's it's seizing on those moments where things could go a different way and and making the most of it as well is uh, is a really good thing to see. Um, well, yeah, we can see. I think for me, I I think you're right in in some ways. We won't most days. We won't be quite as clinical as we were today, and we also had the help of an own goal. Uh, but clearly, it looks like Monk is pretty good at kind of look looking at the opposition and and putting something together that's going to kind of play on their weaknesses. Mm. I think that's what I think that looks fairly obvious from these these last two games um one of the things that'll be interesting to see is one what does that look like when we're playing two games that matter in a week uh because this week was kind of obviously there were two games but nobody really cared about the the everton match uh because i, I remember at periods with uh, carlos thinking if if we have a week or 10 days i fancy us against any team going because he was very good at planning when he had enough time to do it and then he would spend all of the lead up to the tuesday match afterwards saying how tired everyone was and how he wishes we didn't have to play two games so sure so close together and then lo and behold the team would put in a performance like they were pretty tired and couldn't be bothered with it um so whether you can put that level of planning for you know specific things for, for specific opposition whether you can do that three times in 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 seven days is a is a question mark it'd be interesting to see we'll, we'll get a bit of a hint of that on uh when we play hole um so yeah that's that's going to be that's going to be a, an, an intriguing i think we'll learn a lot this week although with the caveat that it's still early doors yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting challenging week i'm looking forward to the games um yeah i, I think that's about it so should we go to player ratings Let's let's do that. Um, Westwood, I said, I thought he did enough today. Still looking a little shaky. I decided to give him a seven. Um, it was really interesting. So at the fifty-three minute mark, Sambalonga, did you see his miss? Yes. At that point, so really interesting. At the time, I thought that it was like some brilliant reflex save from Westwood, but it was just terrible from a <laughs> Sambalonga <laughs> to just uh, replace his boots with some clown shoes. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, he, you know, I guess one of the better things he did, apart from punching a ball away early on doors, was he was buying time really clinically at about 73 oh, minutes and did a little bit of, ooh, I think my head hurts, you know, and then just having a bit of a, a purposeful but nonsense, nonsensical chat with the referee. Okay. Um, point, which was winding the Borough fans up pretty well the ones who were still there at that point um his distribution was better though i'd say his distribution was a bit better to like yesterday uh decided to give him a seven i don't think i don't think it could be too critical of anybody in this performance to give anyone less than a seven so a seven is pretty much the bottom of my ratings for this one okay that's fair we won for one away from home though. i think i know i know exactly. <laughs> a minimum of seven is definitely uh... seven um adabajo i decided to go for a 7.5 um, so he got forward incredibly well. Um, I don't really recall, like, because I said, you know, the thing was both teams attacking down the right, um, but effectively defending on the right didn't really have to happen. So I don't really felt I see saw much from Matabajo in that regards, but he's still very good. Um, and also he had a good chance as well where he was played in. He did. Lu- Luongo played a great ball through to him uh, and he took it down really well and he got a decent shot, but it wasn't, it obviously didn't, he didn't score from it, but it was, uh, it was nice to see oh, him up there. And you don't really expect someone like him in that, that position to be, you know, rifling into a top corner. No, or exactly. Yeah. Sneaking it to the side of the goalkeeper. So he did well, uh, you know, it was interesting on the wing because he, he was often kind of closed down. Um, it's interesting about Abadjo because I know for like Brentford he did play further, sometimes further up the pitch. Yeah, flank. Um, probably more of a kind of fallback, fallback turned wingback. You show that he's not a hundred percent comfortable in those advanced positions. So he, when he got in those positions, he didn't do incredible. But the fact that he had the pace to get there and to get the ball there. It almost felt like enough. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, you know, we talk about, we used to talk about Jermaine Johnston at Wednesday and say, well, if he takes the ball and he runs a length of the pitch and he blazes it into Rosette, at the very least, he's relieved the pressure on the defense. 
Yeah. And there felt a little bit of that to his game. So I, I want to be really positive about him. I, he did well. He didn't have as much to defend, which I, I think the previous games he's done, I think he's done really well. Everton yeah. to be a bit of a, he made um he made a bit of a clanger and Everton okay. or a bit of a minor clanger from what I saw from the highlights, which I think contributes to that, that stat about things going down the right. But he's been a lot more improved. And, and so, yeah, 7.5, I think, seems pretty fair for him. Good old. I think that's fair as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to give ratings today because obviously I didn't see it. So, but um, <laughs> no, it was nice to it was nice to see him as as you say. It was nice to see him getting getting forward and uh, yeah, you can't you can't uh, something we'd like to see more of in the future. Yeah. So moving to right centre back, I offer. I've given him actually. I'm going to give him an eight point five. He was just incredible. Um, that was in, such an amazing header. Such power. Um, that was just it. Then the rest of it was great performance. He's just looking. I, you know, it's so funny from our previous podcast where we said we don't like the idea of Iorfa being yes. Back yes. like a natural centre back, but he's looking like a natural centre back now. He's almost looking cultured and classy, as well as just being That's this nice absolute powerhouse and beast who just has all these attributes to both attack the ball defensively. And defensively as well. Do you think in part that's that's the influence of Burner? Because I think Tom Lees has looked better with Burner alongside him and looked more kind of comfortable and confident as well. I, I think he's so. just Burner's... such a cool, calming guy to be next to. You look across, he gives you one of those big smiles. Yeah, it's all right. He'll just comfort you and then like... Yeah. You know, we say, Julian, the fans don't know how to pronounce your surname. And he's like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Just cracks open a big cheeser and everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> so at 8.5 for I offer going to Burner, um, 7.5. Maybe you could push to an 8. I'm going to push to an 8. I'm generous. Um, just usual great Burnerness, And I, I definitely think, especially on what you said, he is very calming in that role. And I think yeah. he, does, he does have a great impact on the defense and all that partnership he has with whoever else is at center back. And... Um, what a find. What a find, absolutely. How many episodes are we just going to say about him and Harris? Just what an absolute steal of business. You know, it, it's, um, this is the type of business we should be doing in these limits of things. That we're going to have players that, like, I hope we never sell touch wood, any woods around me. Um, we hope we never have to sell these players, but these are players that you sign for pittance and then you flog for like six, seven, eight million. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just absolute quality. Um, so an eight for Burner. Uh, Palmer, I'm giving a seven point five. Um, actually, I'm going to give him an eight actually as well. <laughs> just, okay, okay. Just, just update these. He defended exceptionally well, so he had a lot. Um, I actually, oh, actually, no, actually, in my notes, I said I want to give an eight. This is my original note, which I'm going to read. Okay, okay. We'll do a live redacting on the podcast here. Uh, <laughs> I want to give an eight. He lost half a mark because he. At one point in the first half, he did an absolute horrific slice of a clearance. Okay. He, um, he on the half volley, just absolutely whipped up like some real backspin on this one. And I'm stacking, <laughs> we didn't concede from that. But luckily we didn't because uh, Middlesbrough were all out of sorts. Um, yeah. I'm going to give him an eight though, because I mean, he did have a lot to do. On that left flank. Yeah, you're saying that they that that was the kind of focus of their attacks, and their attack was pretty blunt. So uh, you got to give Palmer some praise for that, haven't you? Yeah, and then um, I guess yeah, moving on to the right wing and the person we didn't think would be seen there, we think we'd have him on the left wing, but it's Mr. Adam Reach, and he gets a nine out of ten for me. So I think this is one of the best Reach performances we've seen in quite a while. Um, I think anyone listening to this podcast knows that Rich and I are. Um, staunch um, co-chairman of the Reach Defence League. <laughs> Absolutely. The not racist, but racist sounding Adam Reach, uh, the Adam Reach group, uh, fan, fan club. Um, he was just fantastic. He was just getting forward. He was busy, just industry, great connection, some great passes and little dinks around. And then he caps that off with a goal, which was just fantastic. And then one of the best assists I think we'll probably see this season. Yeah, just, definitely. He's my man of a match. Yeah. Definitely my man of a match. I sent a text to you, Rich, um, which <laughs> screen crapping somebody on I was talking said, Rich scored one, assist one. 
dot 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 did okay oh i know i know i uh, constantly be up against some of the people who who just I, I don't i don't know i don't know it's not like it's a david lynch film it's not something that you have to get or look at in a certain way it's not a piece of art it's adam reach he's a quality player he's probably one of the best players at the club and even though sometimes he's quiet and sometimes he's not the best and that he is being even when he's average he's still pretty damn good it's yeah it's infuriating but it seems to be a trend i don't know whether this happens at other football clubs i'm not as intimately um involved in other football clubs as i am with sheffield wednesday um but we always seem to have this this group of people that almost like make it their life's work not to enjoy what our best player does at any given time. Like they relish when in them failing and they cannot take any pleasure from them doing well. And that is just such a weird way to live your life. It's like being a Queen fan and then hating Brian May. You're just like, oh, another blooming solo from him. Like, I love Queen, but blooming Brian May. It's just a bizarre thing to, to do with your life. Like, if you love Sheffield Wednesday, you should love the best player for your team. It's, it's crazy. But it happened with Bron. It happened with other people. I, I just remember it. It's just a, a trend that some people just get off on hating our best players. It's bizarre. Anyway, we'll uh, so 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 reach man of the match. Who's next in your uh, in your player ratings? We've gone for uh, Baz. We Barry Bannon. Uh, Mbanon. I will say for this one. 8.5. Um, two assists. Technically, you can have an assist for an own goal, right? I think you should. Definitely. I think you should. Uh, take a bow, Mr. Barry Bannon. Too. Yeah. Um, he was great. Um, I don't know what more you can really ask for him. No. I was a little sad for his yellow, but then I think we've typically, I think he's only on three yellow cards now. Yeah, but he does. He's another one who loves the yellow. He does love right. the yellow. But then I think for for ourselves, the two players we're going to worry for that are Hutchinson and Burner, unfortunately, who are both on yeah. four now. So they probably will serve a one match suspension at some point soon. Uh, yeah, he's really good. Um, going across from there, we have Hutchinson, who had a very kind of felt a very short cameo. Um, I don't think I can give him less than a seven, but he's one of the poorer performers. He's okay. I hope he's not injured. Um, but then, I mean, we also have the added bonus of, like, we have options to kind of drop in for Hutchinson right yes. now. It's, it's interesting, Hutchinson. I feel that we've probably said this before, but we I'm wondering if we're seeing the, the final end of his Wednesday career. You know, we're slowly kind of seeing that. I'm not sure if he's going to be around next year and in what capacity. I think his contract is up, isn't it? His contract would be up, yes. Um, Because, you know, hilariously, last year, there was a whole thing with Yoss not playing him. Mm -hmm. With Yoss not playing him. Oh, we think there's a rumour that um, he has a clause in his contract, meaning he can't play, in which he gets an automatic extension, which was bullcrap. And uh, Because then people said, well, oh, is his contract up at the end of last season? It's like, no, he'd signed a new two-year, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. But yeah, I as I say, I think this season we're seeing more of the limitate. And some there's always this thing that players get better in their absence, and the longer the absence, the better the player gets, kind of thing. Um, and I do think a little bit Hotch has Hotch has benefited from that because it, he's his whole Wednesday career has been bursts of fr- frantic activity and then um, long periods of injury. Uh, the fact that we now see we've essentially kind of had the best part of a season. You know, if you kind of add this season to to the end of last season, we've kind of had the best part of a season of him being pretty fit, pretty consistently. Seeing more of his game, you get to see more of the kind of the 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 bits where he's maybe a bit weaker than you'd you'd ideally like um i still love his heart and i um and his enthusiasm um but i do think his passing outside of the odd gorgeous sort of pass that he seems to whip out very nonchalantly uh a lot of his his sort of shorter and medium passing leaves a bit to be desired and, and does 
it does hinder us a little bit. Um, it's always interesting because people, the, the general rule of thumb is you don't change a winning team. Uh, but I don't know how that works for a game like yesterday where the player who was substituted on played more of the game than the guy that started the game. So even if Hutch is fit, do you, do you go with Luongo or do you go with, with Hutch to start the next game? Um, th- thankfully, not our choice, but uh, I- I'd like to see Luongo given a try just to see how he does. Yeah. Would it make uh, sense to give Luongo a, a rating here, seeing as they kind of played half the game each? Oh, definitely. Well, I've, I've got into that with the subs as well. Um, yeah. I'll just carry through the starting 11. Okay. Um, moving across to Harris, um, seven. I said it's not his day, but I, I mean the other side of is, is that is he he let Rich sign. We talked about like how you know oh some days, and I think previously we've seen this as like previously Harris has been the star of the wing options above Murphy or above Reach previously. Yeah, yeah. and. I think we know that we can't have him. You know, he's he's a very very good quality quality player, but he's not he's not Cristiano Ronaldo for us or Lionel Messi. He's not going to be the player who yeah. consistently is of such a high quality every week. So yeah. I, I just have to just be a little bit conscious that you know he may have more weeks like this than the ratio has been exceptional previously. Yeah. So and I don't know how much was obviously. How much? How much of it was just because it our attack all went down the right, pretty much. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know whether as well. It sounded like the guy he was up against was a pretty uh, good athlete as well. So again, it might just be the case that my sort of nagging theory at the moment is that maybe if he can't beat someone in a pure leg race, his his options are a little bit more limited as well. Mm. Uh, we'll but still having. You know, and then going on to the just the the amount of we're starting to look a bit more of a team with more of an attacking Arsenal, which is great, isn't it? Which is fantastic. It's just basically like you know how many how many weapons do you have on the bench, and how many ways do you have to hurt a team? And the fact that like still at a few times like Harris still looked like a bit of a threat. Yeah. Like it just puts them a little bit on edge to be up against that, just having that potential and that capacity for a few touches at times. So. Yeah, I think you can't really give him anything less than a seven. Good stuff. Fair enough. Moving forward, I eventually I'm, I'm going to upgrade these uh, ratings as well on the fly <laughs> for these two players. <laughs> so Fletcher, I've given an eight point five. Um, brilliant link up play. He just he fought. He looked like a real battler today. Yeah. Just in years, he is that player. But just he had a few. You know, he rode a few kind of real body checks. Um, okay. Few foul, you know, one is a few free kicks, and yeah, I imagine he was just completely giving them exactly the same. And obviously, you know, from that goal he scored, which was just fantastic, just yeah. absolutely had the defender on toast for that one. It was just it's something. got to be you've got to, um, you've got to be walking into in it, back into your house, uh, feeling 10 foot high when you're a big striker and um, you've seen off a center back by half time. That's got to be, <laughs> yeah, you've got. Feeling like Charlie Big Potatoes after that, surely. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't happen often, but yeah. And then moving on from there, I'm giving New Year an eight as well. New Year was fantastic with his. Um, I don't think we really saw him be quite the bully, but still probably a certain degree of that. His mm. lip play was fantastic as well. Just his his partnership with Fletcher, really, really good. And I never thought I'd ever see or speak of those two as a strike partnership. I think we've seen it maybe once or twice before, but obviously the problem before was we had no pace anywhere else team. And if you have those two up top, that means you've got no pace anywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, but maybe having those extra legs of Harris and, and reach um, to get in and around them. And, and then obviously later on, you've got the potential to throw Murphy on. Maybe that lets you have two, one fairly immobile <laughs> big man and um and, and and as you say a kind of battler most of the time you wouldn't want to go with that just because there is a lack of mobility there uh lack of movement maybe but uh yeah maybe with the other people around them that we can make that work mm. interesting to see if it crops up again as a as a duo yeah and interesting to see and then you know it's interesting <clears throat> going into this game you know from the midweek where a lot of people were saying we're criticizing Winall for missing his chances. 
but still saying that with win all on the pitch, we looked like we could do some damage. You mm. know, looked like he's getting into places and looked like he just has one or two more ideas than maybe some other players. So yeah. it was interesting yeah. to see with the lineup. One of my other notes was like, I felt a little bit sad that win all didn't start. Um, but it turned out to be a brilliant decision. Definitely. Um, going on the substitutes, uh, Action Mass, I've given a 7.5. I'd love to have seen him from the start. Um, but, you know, I'm unsure if he... I guess the interesting thing, if you're playing a 4-3-3, I think, I think Luongo's one of those players that could be looking to replace um, whoever you think want to be using in that number 10 slot. Because he's he's just got so he's much... He's definitely light. done that in the past. Yeah, and he's just... He's a really cultured player. He's got the legs and he's got the pace. So much industry and he's just bright. You know, I, I would think and see him as more of a Lee replacement. But... yeah. I guess it's interesting that you replace Hutch with him and, you know, there's just more, there's more mobility there. <clears throat> so it's interesting. I, you know, it's interesting to see, I don't know which one of those two is his best role, but whatever it is, I think he's really got, um, his mobility can really help us in a few areas. Well, it's going to be fun finding out, I hope. Uh, I hope he is as well. Yeah. Um, all have given a seven. I would like to have seen him come on sooner. <clears throat> You know, he just he just looks sharp in his link up play as well, so he was good for that. You know, and I, I'm I'm yeah, just so happy that we're finding out that he has something that's a bit different to everyone else. Yeah, a bit different to everyone yeah. up front. Like previously, you know, we I think we said about when I was like, we're not entirely sure what he is and what he brings to the table. Yeah, yeah. But now we're like like hopefully we're doing with Massimo, like you're saying, we're hopefully finding out. That's, it's heartening because. It was an exciting signing at the time, Winall, but then there's been all sorts of stuff, hasn't there? And there was all the rumours as well that because there was the thing with Forestieri and training yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So you just don't know how much how much is Winall's fault, how much is kind of office politics within a football club. Uh, but for whatever reason, we just haven't seen very much of him, have we, beyond his initial little stint? But it's nice to see him coming back and 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 having something to offer and and something, as you say, something different from the other guys, which is, is great. You sort of, not to sound too much like Neil Warnock, but you do want that from your front players. You sort of want everybody to have a bit, something a bit different to bring to the table because it's all about trying to unlock the, the, the opposition and mm. you, you never quite know what the combination is going to be. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to have another another person in there that's offering something and he's not just a worse version of somebody else mm. yeah good stuff and finally morgan fox he gets a luke oprah winfrey like seven as it was under his seat um i completely <laughs> forgot he came on um i remember um pearson saying looks like fox is coming on and i completely blank on him joining the game <laughs> who did he replace uh who did morgan fox replace he replaced uh, Kadeem Harris, which meant Palmer played a little bit further forward, and uh, Palmer played the pass into Winall for his uh, his sort of chance late on. If you remember that, I don't remember that as well. I think we um, I think we were on the beach at four one. And the interesting thing was, even though we knew that Middlesbrough were going to come out and play their game, and you know, up the tempo, if they would have scored, I feel like we would have just done something to just you know to just keep them at bay. I, I never felt threatened in the second half with Millsborough. That's good. It's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a, a, a special day and a heartening day um, for for the for the club. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's really good. Uh, this is. I, th- I feel like this is a big week, but we're we're a point off the playoffs now, and we're three points off the top. So we're doing all right. <laughs> we've we've got bigger tests to come. Uh, we've got a pretty tough little run coming um the other side of the international break but potentially we could be in the top six by the time we reach that international break depending on how the next two games go mm. it's an interesting spot to be in but yeah we've got cardiff stoke leads in a run after that so um it'd be nice to go into those games feeling feeling good about ourselves and in a good a good uh, position in the league so we'll see yeah anything uh, anything else you'd like to share any other business no, I think that's it. Just, uh, yeah, just please as punch for yesterday's performance and more of the same, please. That was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like the green shorts, although I don't know why we had to wear our away shirt anyway, but that's one of my little <laughs> qualms. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't particularly needed. Well, um, yeah, onwards and upwards. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful week. Please. I hope you have a good one too, Rich. Cheerio. See ya. Thank you.